of yarn would cluster around the preparation of the good old book, Alcoholics Anonymous. Some people reading the book now, they say, well, this is the AA Bible. And when I hear that, it always makes me shudder because the guys who put it together weren't a damn bit biblical. Thank you. 
New York. How could we transmit our message to them? By what means? Maybe we thought we should go to the old timers in each group, which then meant nearly everybody. Find the sum of money, somebody else's money, of course, and say to them, well, now take a sabbatical year off your job if you have any. And you go to Keokuk and to Omaha and to Chicago and to San Francisco and to Los Angeles and wherever it may be, and you give this thing a year and get a group started. It had already got evidence by then, for we were just about to be moved out of the city hospital in Akron to make room for people with broken legs and ailing livers. That the hospitals were not too happy with us. We tried to run their business perhaps too much, and besides, drunks were apt to be noisy in the night, and there were other inconveniences, which were all tremendous. Now, it was obvious that uh, drunks being such unlovely creatures, we would have to have a great chain of hospitals. And as that dream burst upon me, it sounded good, because you see, I've been down in Wall Street in the promotion business, and I remember the great sums of money that were made as, as soon as people got this chain idea, you know, the chain drugstore, the chain grocery store, the chain dry, dry goods store. Why not chain drunk tanks and let us make the dog? <laughs> so we needed some missionaries, subsidized. We needed a chain of drunk tanks that got very clear, all clear to me. Bob is a conservative type of Yankee. I don't think he was quite so bad for those items, but I was very insistent. It would take a pile of dollars to finance all this, but after all, with this brand new life shining in our dark world, we just squirted in the eyes of rich guys and they'd up with the dog. Besides, we reflected, uh, <coughs> we'd have to get some kind of literature. Up to this moment, not a syllable of this program, so far as I know, was in writing. And it was a kind of a word of mouth deal. You, uh, with variations according to each man or woman's fancy. Uh, you, well, in a gentle way, we said, well, the booze has got you down, boys. And you got an allergy and an obsession, and you're hopeless if you are. You better get honest with yourself. Take stock. You ought to talk this out with somebody. Kind of a confessional, you know. And you ought to make restitution for the harm you did. You ought to make amends and all that kind of business. Well, you pray it as best you could, according to your life and family. And that was the sum of the word of mouth program up to that time. But as I say, variations on that were already appearing. How could we unify this thing? Could we, out of our experience, get certain principles, describe certain methods that have done the trick for us? Yes, obviously. If this movement was to propagate, it had to have a literature so its message could not be garbled, either by the drunks or by the general public. So Bob and I reflected that late afternoon in 1937, missionaries, chain of drunk 
Mr. Richard. 
who nevertheless had a kind of shrewd twinkle in his eye.
to this medical house. And he came back with what he thought was a very modest project. And he recommended to these friends of ours that, uh, well, we should have at least uh, just a total amount of money at first, say $50,000, something like that. That would clear off the mortgage on a Smith place. It would uh, get us a little rehabilitation place. We could put Dr. Smith in charge. Uh, we could subsidize a few of these people uh, briefly until we got some more money. We could, uh, you know, it would start the chain of hospitals. We'd have a few missionaries. We could get busy on the book. All for mere 50000 bucks. Well, considering the kind of money we were backed up against, that did sound a little small, but, you know, one thing leads to another. It sounded real good. We were, we were real glad. Mr. Willard Richardson, our original contact, then took that support in John Jay. Junior, as everybody called him. And I've since heard what went on in there. 
Mason? No. And the lawyer was very much confused because in the meeting in which we formed the foundation, we made it very plain that uh, we drunks did not wish to be in the majority. We felt that there should be non-alcoholics on the board, and they ought to be in a majority of one. Well, indeed, said the lawyer, what is the difference between an alcoholic and a non-alcoholic? And one of our smart drunks says, well, that's the same. A non-alcoholic is a guy who can drink, and an alcoholic is a guy who can't drink. Well, said the lawyer, how do we state that legally? I wouldn't know. these two 
Reader's Digest had a circulation of 12 million readers. And if we could only get a free ad of their common book in the Reader's Digest, we really would move some, you see. <laughs> well, Mr. Payne said, this sounds extremely interesting. He says, I, I like this idea. Why? I think it will be an absolutely ideal, <laughs> ideal piece for the Digest. Why, how soon do you think this new book will be out, Mr. Wilson? Well, I think we've got a couple chapters written. And <laughs>
statement. The thing a little further on, I was able to go up to Charlie's town, where old Doc Silkworth held forth. Charlie believed in us mightily, and so we had put the slug on Charlie for 2,500 bucks. Charlie didn't want it in stock. He wanted a promissory note. Yeah, but...